We took the boat out of the harbour about 6am. The guy didn't know who we were, but he could see there was something going on. I don't think he would have taken us out if he realised. He held his hand out to help me onto the boat. All right, love. I just gave him a look. It stunk of fish on there. But then, what did we expect? It was a fishing boat. Mum sparked a fag to cope with the smell. That made Roger feel sick. She told him to stand downwind. He just sulked. You can't win with this family. But you can survive. I guess I can be grateful for that. Left out of Shoreham, a good way from home. Thought it'd be less sus. Six months since the funeral, so it'd take a big leap for anyone to put it all together. But if someone recognised us, we couldn't have done it round our way. People know us. Can't go to the shops without some smart ass letting you know they know. That's why we don't really go into town anymore. Keep to ourselves. The boat went down a long sort of river, land on both sides, factories and docks. Bit grim. After a while, we got out into the open sea and it was much nicer, calm. He warned us on the phone it could be a bit choppy, the captain. That's what he's called, captain, even if it's just a crappy little fishing boat. Seems a bit OTT. Anyway, wasn't choppy at all, it was lovely flat, silvery day. Mill pond, he called it. The engine churned away, a constant racket that made it hard for us to talk. But we were happy for that, I think. What more could we have said? A few seagulls were cruising behind the boat, like a guard of honour, wheeling in and out of lead position. Fucking shite hawks he used to call them. The sun was up by the time we got far enough out. It broke through the clouds. You could see the rays shining down. It didn't feel like we were close to land anymore. You wouldn't be able to swim back on your own. said he wanted to be scattered up there on the moors. Well, we all knew that was never going to happen. That was so like him. He just wanted to wind them up. I said that to Mum. Wind who up, she said. Anyone, I said, because I guess that's true. He just wanted to be in people's thoughts, in their mouths, as long as someone was talking about him. It wasn't just that he wanted to hurt people. 
He wanted to be known. It was hard enough getting him cremated in the first place. Even then, it had to be done first thing in the morning. Total secrecy. It would have been bad for business. No one wants their dearly beloved, their nan or whatever, going into the oven right on the heels of that fucker. Jesus wept. At the funeral, there was only four of us. The vicar, me, mum and Roger. Plus two journalists, if you count them as humans. Cunts. It's been a right hassle getting all this sorted. And a worry for mum too. We were looking into scattering him at sea, nowhere for the people to fixate on. We thought you might have to go to international waters or something like that, or get a licence. Apparently not. You can just dump it. Advantages for a boat, it said on the website. No chance of being intruded upon, it's more private, and you can reach more inaccessible places. Sounded good. Likely to feel more of an occasion, it continued. Maybe not. We got this special dispenser. Guess that's what you call it. Looked like a huge salt shaker with a button you press that released the ashes. He died of emphysema. The joke doing the rounds in our gang was that we should have got a discount on the cremation. In the end, he wasn't that close to anyone. Not just for the obvious. He didn't want to see us kids. And he was horrible to Mum. It made it easier anyway to be able to say, Nope, I don't know him anymore. The papers called us estranged and they eased up after that. But it would have felt wrong not to do something about it. I know all that other stuff gets in the way, but people forget sometimes. He was an actual person. The captain stopped the engine and we all got up. He stood to one side, arms behind his back, as if he did this sort of thing all the time. Plonker. I opened the cardboard box and took out the shaker. Let's get on with this. I'll never forget the sound of the ashes as they've settled on the sea's surface. first thing was a grey circle silhouetted against the sky. Above me, the rippling water obscured details I might have been able to make out. So someone I recognised. It was cold. I couldn't feel my body, but I could feel. Something was happening. It was hard to understand was becoming more. 
As I dissolved into the brine, it felt like I was spreading out, filling a bigger space. It wasn't just that. As I expanded, I felt I was becoming part of a network, as if the ocean was made up of tessellating cells. Each time I touched one, I occupied it, I made contact with the next one, and the next, and the next. I was being absorbed into the sea itself. It was acting like connective tissue, myriad minds, consciousnesses. I was plugging into them. I began to hear, to feel all of them. Cacophony. Overwhelmed. So many different voices. Through the din, that old prison song. Fresh fish. A sudden laugh. It was so cold. The horror and fear descended on me like a black curtain. violence. Creatures hiding under rocks in crevices, desperate and fearful that their soft, wet bodies might become exposed and gobbled. Balls of fish, shoals in constant panic, circled by mindless predatory shadows, unseen, lethal. Delicate, mushy things encased in shells, smashed against the rocks by waves of industrial force, waves that have shaped the coastline. Tiny microbes living on the edge of superheated volcanic vents so deep the pressure would crush humans instantly. Somehow I called out to them. Why do you live here? They didn't understand me. For them, nowhere else existed. Isn't it hot? I asked. Are you not in pain? Well, the question made no sense to them. Everything was pain. In the deep, wide deserts at the centre of the ocean, lonely creatures glid on, isolated, desperate for contact, but afraid of what they might encounter in the endless night. These creatures lived in a place without warmth or comfort. Safety was a moment, hiding in a hole or nestled under a rock, the only respite in a lifelong battle for survival. Their evolutionary niches, as cruel as they are essential. I wanted to cry, but found I couldn't. The salt spray that hit the coast and trickled down cold rocks would have to do. This enormous sense of fear, this high-pitched keening, began to subside, my mind tuning it out like so much white noise. I began to sense other things, more complex thoughts behind the wall of terror. Pods of mammals, intelligent enough to know that humans existed. They perceived us as deities, as we once perceived the capricious gods. I sensed squid, engaged in decade-long battles with toothsome sperm whales. Grudges, their only recognisable emotion. A huge biomass of fish, bodies tainted by toxins they could not comprehend. Mercury and plastic, God knows what else. Dolphins, scrambled by military sonar, 
forever disorientated. I heard the call of humans. I heard the call of humans, some buried at sea, others lost, trapped in their rotting corpses or assimilated as I have been. Millions of them. Everyone who has ever drowned. Millions of Everyone who has ever drowned. sunken vessel lost in the middle of the ocean. Check accidental fall from a cliff. Millions of them. One thing they all had in common. It's so cold down here. I searched the oceans, sliding up and down the scale of existence. At one end, the most fearsome things. Entities so big they were almost beyond perception, moving at an entirely different speed to us. These beasts rarely feasted, but hunger pinched at the edges of their sleep. They judged time in eons. Their scale was astral, each heartbeat a week. The other end was filled with universes on the microscopic level. Single cell entities engaged in monumental, unending pitch battles. I tried to commune with them. They were so small, I wondered if it would be possible. Can you understand me? Who are you? But I needn't have called out to them. We were becoming one. We are primordial beings, some part of me responded. The first forms of life on Earth. The birth of every living creature on this planet occurred after they came into being. Through their eyes, I saw unimaginable things. Dynasties rose and fell. Countless evolutionary cul-de-sacs, bizarre species humans will never know. The volume of life down here. How powerful we could be. An enormous elemental force just beneath the water's surface. Could there be a time when we, the creatures of the sea, would have our moment? Rise up and take control. Rise up and take control. But then, a realization. We are legion, but our pain is unbearable. It holds us back. If those on land could hear the sound of the ocean beneath the crashing of waves, it would be screaming. Self ebbing away. Ebbing away. Was this our punishment? Trapped in endless cycles of pain, forever performing a deathless dance. No. Slowly through the gloomy water, an understanding. This was not punishment. This was not hell. This was merely reality. We tooled back in slowly. The weather had cleared again. Mum seemed okay after that. Well, 
At least he's in a better place now, she said. We all agreed. That is the end of Imaginary Advice for another episode. This month's story was written by Ali Gibbs. It was produced by me, Ross Sutherland. And it was read by Laurie Bolger and Neil Maskell. Also, thanks to Dave Bamford. I've really enjoyed making this one. And uh, yeah, I hope to do some more collaborations next year. This show is funded by you, the listener. If um, you'd like to help me keep this thing going, then you can sign up to give a small monthly donation through Patreon. Dot com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Ross G Sutherland. So Ali Gibbs, the, uh, the author of this month's story, he told me uh, that one of the things that inspired him to write this story in the first place was watching the Werner Herzog documentary Encounters at the End of the World. So, so the whole documentary is set in Antarctica. At one point, Werner Herzog goes to speak to a marine biologist about the tiny creatures that live deep in the water there. The creatures that are down there that are are like science fiction creatures. They range in the way that they would gobble you up from uh, slime-type blobs, uh, but creepier than, than classic science fiction blobs. These would have long tendrils that would ensnare you, and as you tried to get away from them, you just become more and more ensnared by your own actions. And then after you would be frustrated and exhausted, then this creature would start to move in and take you apart. Uh, so that's one example of, of one of the creatures. And then there are other types of worm-type things with horrible mandibles and jaws and um, just bits to rend your flesh. Um, it's, it really is a, a violent, horribly violent world that uh, is obscure to us because we're encased in in neoprene and you know and we're much larger than than that world so it doesn't really affect us but if you were to shrink down miniaturize into into that world it'd be a horrible place to be just horrible and this is a world earlier than human beings do you think that the human race and other mammals uh, fled in panic from the oceans and crawled on solid land to get out of this yeah i think undoubtedly that's exactly the driving force that that caused us to leave the horrors behind to grow and evolve into larger creatures to escape what's what's horribly violent at the miniature scale miniaturized scale yeah This idea that human life first left the ocean because the ocean was a terrifying nightmare, that we evolved out of desperate self-preservation. I like this a lot. In fact, yeah, I think it's a good Christmas message. (laughs) It's inspiring, in a way, our journey out of the sea. As a human being, I stand by it. I think it was a good move. And I hope this good start of ours is um, going to lead to some more good decisions. 
when it comes to evolution, all I'm saying is we're not done yet, are we? Anyway, thanks for listening to Imaginary Advice in 2019. My name's Ross Sutherland. All right, we'll be seeing you.